Hey, welcome back everybody to PT Snacks Podcast. This is Casey, your host. And if this is your first time joining us, first of all, welcome. But what you need to know is that this podcast is meant for physical therapists looking to grow yourself and your fundamentals one step at a time. And we are back today for part two of this gold interview with Nikki. So if you missed part one, you definitely need to go back and listen to it, or you could be missing out on some career and life-changing advice. Now, last episode, we spent a lot of time on just how to how to grow yourself and really make an impact in not only our career field, but in others' lives as a person. And in this episode today, we're going to talk more about how to be an advocate as a physical therapist in our healthcare systems, our communities, and even with your patients on an individual level. So we're moving beyond just growing ourselves, but also now focusing on how can we give back as we look to fill a need to become a part of something that's bigger than ourselves. So check it out. But yeah, you mentioned the patient and I know you mentioned looking at things from a patient perspective and trying to make that better for them in the healthcare system in general is very confusing. Like it's confusing for me as a therapist and I'm in that system. Just picture like my mom trying to navigate that. Um, But for, for other people that are looking to like involved, what was it that like you saw where you're like, okay, I'm going to start with this. Yeah. Yeah. I will say like, um, in my situation, the first one I started was a a spine program. Mm -hmm. And as you know, for those of you who obviously see a lot of spine patients, it's one of the, I mean, it's one of our highest populations that we see. Mm -hmm. It's the most, to me, the most malmanaged (laughs) that way. It's a a population that is not managed well Mm -hmm. um, for a number of very deep reasons. And I think we have the ability to make a huge impact in that patient population. And so that to me is what resonated with me when I first went that direction. Um, I know the impact that PP can have on that. I felt like we could really make a difference in that, um, in that journey for that patient if we were implemented a lot sooner. Mm -hmm. And so really it was an opportunity that, you know, physician buy-in as much as that can be a challenge is very important because still in in you know healthcare many people seek physicians for guidance and the end all be all answer like there there's still a large population of people there there are ones that are informed and they kind of come in with um, knowledge but then there are still a large group of people who like what the doctor says is what what it is you know and so and they may not have a patient advocate or somebody going in there with them who knows healthcare and so they're taking everything kind of blindly and so it's really important to me that we as health, as healthcare providers are taking that job very seriously and making sure that if I want to make sure that if somebody enters into our system with back pain and I don't care what provider they see that we can help triage them to the right person quickly um, because ultimately the way that we utilize our medical model today we're kind of making chronic pain patients because it takes them a while to get to the right place where they get the care. And now it's been three to six months and now we're having to undo the three to six months. Right. And so if they show up in our ERs, let's manage that appropriately quickly. Let's get them to where they need to go before it becomes a chronic injury. And so I think that's what really um, resonated with me and why I really started to take that. And, and I had a physician who was bought in, and so it was enough that we could have the communication and start the conversation and really map out like what will that look like? How do we how do we make PT on the 
front end of it and not just as an ancillary thing on the back end, right? Yeah. Um, how do we, because we can give them resources and exercises and preventative things way early, you know what I mean? Um, and potentially limit some of the surgeries that we're seeing and et cetera. So that, that was the population I got into knowing that to me in my career, and as much as I had seen a bunch of different populations, I felt like that was the most mismanaged population yeah. that I was seeing. And I was oftentimes becoming, which I'm sure you felt like too, almost like their primary care physician where I'm helping navigate their next steps and, um, you know, Hey, this hasn't gotten better. I think you probably need an injection. Let me talk with this doctor, see if they're interested in that. You know, right. we end up like being their, their, uh, their advocate. And so to me, it that's what got me really excited about it and how I got into that. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I, I definitely, well, I mean, obviously I'm involved. So I'm like, I, I yeah. Agree with the, yeah, I agree with the program. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with it. Um, Good enough. <laughs> exactly. But I think that, you know, it's nice to see examples of therapists who have gone in and been able to show physical therapy as more than just, hey, this is a clinic where you walk into us. And if you walk in, we will do these treatments. And then you like assuming outpatient, right? Because in school, we're taught different models of like, hey, treat the patient. And then maybe, maybe some business models or things like that. But um, there's less of an emphasis on where we fit with the overall medical system. And I like, I think each system, I mean, we have all these specialties for a reason and they're specialties and they're really good at what they do, but like, why, like, how can we better increase the collaboration between them so that yeah. these patients aren't on the back end of that shifting from one to another. Whereas like, if we got all eyes yeah. together, then they're able to quickly screen out, oh, like this is referred, this is maybe something that's not, uh, that's more systemic or something like that. Yeah. I will say like, um, that's a great uh, observation because, you know, I didn't really value until I got into probably just before I got into the role I'm in now, I didn't really value how important it is to have a seat at the larger table in discussions about rolling out things from a hospital standpoint. Um, and, and if you're not in a hospital and private practice, like if you're running the company, that's, you know, obviously you have complete autonomy, but like if there's any interaction or regional, um, you know, uh, regional presence where like somebody is at the top making a decision that's ultimately going to happen at every level, I think it's really important that it, there be a PT at the table. Um, and it's really great for me now to see a lot of PTs going into the administrative side of what we're doing um, and, and really have a passion for that, for the reason of being at the table and making sure people understand where we fit, right? Um, I don't think it's a, an exclusion problem. I don't think it's people are trying to exclude PTs. I think we've always, or not always, but prior to the last 10 years, we've always been a service that you order. Mm -hmm you order PT, not we are PT providers who maybe you access us as a provider. You access Nikki because you want to, you know, because right, Nikki, Nikki can help you. It's a, you're, yeah, yeah. You're, you're ordering a service, the service of physical therapy, right? That's kind of the, the change in thinking. And so, especially in a hospital system, um, that, that change from we're a service to we're an actual provider is 
is a new transition, I feel like, for most um, hospitals. And it is really important that you educate who we are and how we can help and what the evidence has shown and where we can make a difference. And I feel like that's really what I do a lot of times in my role is talking with different service line leaders and saying, hey, did you know that if you if we can get them earlier, we actually may be able to limit the amount of visits that they're seeing or decrease their cost utilization or, you know, I mean, that kind of thing. And so I don't think everybody knows what we do. And it's really important us as PTs, we've got to be salespeople. Like our roles have changed. We're like before, no, we didn't sell ourselves. It was like, Hey, just send them to us. But now we got to sell ourselves, you know, and make sure people know what we can do. The community knows physicians know administrators know, like they got to know what you bring to the table and you can't be afraid to, to really highlight those things. Yeah. And I, I love what you say about that in terms of just like, you got to be able to sell yourself. I feel like some PTs that I talk to either they're like love business, that kind of thing. They're like, yeah, this makes sense. Um, and then some are like, oh, I, I don't want to, um, I don't do like sales or something, but everybody is selling something and it may not be monetarily, but like you're selling yourself as like, Hey, I am your provider. Like, do you want to start this relationship with me? Or like as a friend, like yourself, you know, like it's not like with the intention necessarily of just like gaining something from them. It's a reciprocal relationship. Just like if you were going to go to the grocery store, buy some food, you hand them money, they give you food. That's an even trade. So it's anybody in any culture would call that a fair trade. Right. And And so like, I don't, it's like, why is there that mindset of like, oh, if I put myself forward and like reveal all the secrets of how good physical therapy is, like, why is yeah. that yeah. Why is that bad? Or why would people look down on me when we have evidence that supports us on how beneficial we are and how much we deserve to sit at that table? Yeah, yeah, no, that's vital. And, and it, it's so important. If we're not advocating for ourselves, who else is going to, right? Like, and like you said, we're we're doing that with our patients every single day, right? Like to get a patient to do a home exercise program, you got to sell them on the fact that you know what you're talking about and this is going to make them better. Like you are selling yourself right. to every single patient you see. And so I just think that, you know, we can easily convince a patient, but then when it we talk about going to the community or to a physician or whatever, sometimes we're not as, uh, you know, confident about that. And I think we have to be that as a profession, we have got to start advocating for ourselves. We have to start leveraging our our talents in ways that we're, you know, educating other healthcare providers in what we do. That is, that is vital. A lot of people just don't know mm-hmm. what we bring to the table because we just transitioned into a true doctoring profession where we, we have the ability to differentially diagnose. We have the ability to really be the musculoskeletal experts. And so I think that's a a role that we have to take on ourselves and really embrace it and leverage it. Yeah, absolutely. And I see that too. Like, I mean, I think with globalization and, and especially like, I mean, COVID-19 obviously affected a lot of how we just interact in general. Yeah. Um, But you see a lot of variety on how people are, are starting to do that and not just necessarily the traditional, like, Hey, I'm going to, meet up with a physician and establish a relationship, but you'll see that more on, on like social media or more community-based outreach. Granted, like just like in any situation, there's some better different levels of quality, right? Yeah. But what are your thoughts in terms of like 
where you see advocacy for physical therapy growing in the next 10 years or so? Yeah. I mean, you bring up COVID and I think it started happening a little bit before COVID, but COVID accelerated it, right? Um, I feel like I'm old school at this point. Um, and many of the the ideas that a lot of our newer clinicians are coming up with and how to leverage themselves in social media and how to leverage different platforms and really how to get, I think is phenomenal. Um, I think it's, I think it's going to actually catapult us beyond what I imagined would be possible because more people are, are, you have more access to people, yeah. you know what I mean? Through some of these platforms and media, uh, social media podcasts, all of this to be able to really speak to what we are doing, um, and have a lot of experiences and that kind of thing. And I'm super excited to see the profession really jump on that and, um, and, and be a huge part of educating within our own profession, but educating outside of our, our profession. And, um, and I think that's actually going to be, I, I think that's like the gateway. Yeah. The, the more people you can get um, access to, the more likely you're going to be able to make an impact and truly make a change. And so um, this virtual world and the ability to like connect with people um, from a media, a social media standpoint is great. Just making sure you've got a good reputable <laughs> source, right? That's, that's still important. Um, that's but I'm excited to see it because uh, even though I'm, you know, we always laugh about me not really being a technology person. I'm getting better, but you know, I think, I think, I think, yeah, yeah. I think one of my residents had to teach me how to send one of those gifts. I think they call it on my phone. Um, so, I, so I'm kind of old school, even though I look like I look young. But, um, but I think I'm really excited about where, where, how we are leveraging technology today. Um, our ability to you know, get in the, the virtual health world. Like, I think that is something that we should be doing. Like, I believe that PT should be almost like a, a, a yearly wellness check that everybody is doing if we truly want to be preventative in nature. And so how do we do that? How do we make it, you know, cost effective? How do we make it easy for the patient to be able to utilize? How do we communicate to our patients more seamlessly and easier and all of that stuff? that technology and that automation, I think is going to to catapult us and help us be able to leverage it for educating people and where, what we can do. Mm-hmm. So. I, I love what you said about like the access to people, because kind of like what you mentioned in the beginning of our, our role and in, in our system is oftentimes we end up advocating for our patients and, and trying to kind of help them navigate that healthcare center. But, you know, I think information, like knowledge is power and even just like mm-hmm. more, more exposure to the general public, um, whether it's social media in person, um, one-on-one or in community settings, the more that someone's able to know that there are other options out there, the more that they're able to ask for it, um, and know that mm-hmm. it's there that they can utilize too. And with that too, it's not even just like a, as a treatment option, but more of just like a, it's just like just knowledge on like preventative education, not Mm -hmm. just reaction, but proactive. Yeah. This profession just, I realized very quickly in this profession is it kind of feels like you're always on because there's almost in any setting, whether you're on the clock, off clock, whether you're like, you're kind of always on the clock. Like people find out you're a PT and they've got a lot of questions and they want (laughs) to, you know what I mean? Like, and so you know, I, I understand where some PTs are like, you know, I just need to shut it off sometimes. And I think that's okay. You know, 
But I just think there's also, you know, the opportunity in almost any setting that you're in to educate, right? Um, and make sure, you know, anybody in your community, within your family, like, oh my goodness, my yeah. family. You know, like when you talk about your family, right? Yeah. And your family's complete lack of understanding of what you do, right? Like, I'm like, well, maybe I need to start there, be able to educate my own family. Before, you know what I mean? I got to the community, but, but it's important, you know, and like to really make a, a large scale change in influence, that education is going to be vital and how we can access the most people to get that out there, I think is going to be pretty, pretty important as we move into the future. Yeah. No, I think, I think that there's, even though, I mean, we always joke about like, oh, I'm going home to Christmas. All my family's going to line up because they got their shoulder and their knee that you want to yeah. look at. And let me bring out my like plinth that I brought home. Um, <laughs> but like every time I meet somebody new, it's always like, oh, can I ask you about like fill in the blank, whatever yeah. it is. And you kind of laugh a little bit, but at the same time, it's like, well, this means that there's so many needs out there that are not being met. And it's a lot of it probably because it's, it's a pain to have to, no pun intended, but like to go into yeah. get a prescription or even like a lot of people don't know about direct access to like on um, just being able to like go in and get seen and get screened out. Um, there's so many obstacles, whether it's time, money, education for people to be able to be preventative or utilize physical therapy where if they were doing that, it would probably cost a lot less and take a lot less time um, because you're nipping it in the bud rather than, oh, I have been ignoring it because it's not a big deal. I've got another leg. I'll just hop on that. And then like, right. it, it leads to something bigger. Right. And so, yeah, I'm excited to see like kind of where the future goes with that. Um, because yeah. I think there's a huge need for it. Yeah. And I, I mean, you bring up a good point. And I know I, I mentioned this a second ago, but like how uh, how we access people is important, but also how people access us, right? Like we as PTs have to be more flexible and nimble in our ability to provide services. So like, you know, we've done a lot of in-person services for a long time. And I'm definitely of the mind. I mean, I'm a manual therapist. So I'm of the mindset that I want to put my hands on somebody, right? Yeah. <laughs> but there are th there is education, like you talked about, and exercises that people can start and stuff like that that you can do virtually, or you know what I mean, consults or whatever. And so I think we are going to have to get pretty nimble in how we offer services because the harder it is for people to access us, the more likely they're not going to utilize us. And yeah. so, so as we're getting you know more creative in how we're educating and how we're communicating. We also need to think about like, how do our patients best access us in a way that's not going to, you know, derail from their day, take away a lot of time. You know, they've got to get in a car, they got to drive to us, they got to, you know what I mean? How do you talk to people that are further away and maybe they can't get to you, right? Like, how do you still make an impact on them? And I think there is a way to do that and really have touch points along the way that are beneficial to the patient that we have, we just haven't really talked about much until the last two years, you yeah. know? And so I'm really excited about it. Uh, yeah. the evolution of PPE. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think, you know, as stressful and horrible as, as, uh, COVID-19 was, I think that like, you know, good can come out of everything. And I right. think that sometimes you have to be a little discombobulated to change up a system that was working okay, but maybe it could have worked better, um, in right. a way where it's like, it's disrupted and you're able to see the holes in it. 
and how you could even build it up and make it better too. And so um, I think it'll be interesting just to see moving forward, you know, um, how much are we involved in patient education? Um, Like, for after acute injury or after like a post-op or, you know, things where that, that patients, like even just their mindset, you know, is it, we're able mm-hmm. to, to change that aspect. Cause that's worthwhile too. So, but yeah, so really just find the hole, fill the gap, go forth blind yeah. confidence and also, but maybe like yeah. just planning, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, a little bit of planning, but, but don't, don't let the, don't let the details of the planning divert you from doing what you're supposed to be doing. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And that is it. I hope that you were able to catch something that you can use for yourself to think about and incorporate it and give back to the world in a way that only you can. I don't mean to say this to sound corny, but literally you have no idea how unique you are and what talents that you have. Even if you don't know what they are yet, I guarantee that they're there because probably if it's a strength of yours, it comes easy to you and it's not even something that catches your eye. So talk to people that know you and care about you and that are going to be honest with you if you are needing to get some help on finding your strengths. But you know, listen also to what passions you have within you that you can't stop thinking about and step forward with that. Talk to people, find a mentor doing the same thing or that emanates the qualities and characters that you value. Find a community that grows you, but remember that everyone has their own story to write. And I cannot stress this enough. Two people can do the same purpose in a different way. But most of all, don't forget that it's going to be hard. Anything worthwhile is going to be hard, but you are not the first one to go through it. And it will be messy, but just keep moving. And most importantly, enjoy the journey. That's really all it's about. I'm going to stop going on my rant because really I could talk about this stuff all day. And But I'm going to stop right there, so... If you guys have any questions for me, feel free to reach out at ptsnackspodcast at gmail.com or you can just go to ptsnackspodcast.com to find more information or on Instagram at ptsnackspodcast. Really, I just have a plethora of options for you guys. Um, Now, if you like the show, make sure that you're following it so that you don't miss out on any new content. And if you want to help me out, write a review on Apple. That just really helps me to be discovered for other people so that we can continue to grow the show and and reach people that I believe that this show can help. If you want to support the show monetarily, there is a link below to buy me a coffee where you can give however much that you're able to or feel comfortable with. It's totally fine, but a little bit goes a long way for me. Um, or if you are in need of some CEUs or education or, you know, just something a little bit more than, um, education that happens maybe on your ride to work, there is a link for MedBridge and MedBridge has over 1,580 evidence-based physical therapy CE courses, along with more than 7,000 specialized patient exercises that are there whenever you need them, wherever you are, you could be just out and about anywhere. But it's more than just CEUs. They have interactive webinars that are led by top industry leaders. They even have a first ever HEP patient mobile app, which is amazing. 
And they've taken learning to the next level for over 200,000 PTs, OTs, ATs, SLPs, and nurses, just to name a few. So for a limited time, use the promo code PTSNACKSPODCAST, which you can find below in the in the show notes, and you can get $175 off your annual subscription, which is like the biggest discount that they offer. So definitely check it out at the very least. And if it's something that serves your need, which I feel it probably will be, go forth and conquer. But that's it for today, guys. I hope you have a great one. And until next time. 